Christ. Let's bring back the circle again. The circle of friends, the circle of family, the circle of Wake up and be healthy and therefore wealthy to the peace and joy of Mother Earth. I like that music. Me too. Melting polar ice was a dirty look. Shrinking glaciers? A nudge. Dying forests? They were a tap on the shoulder. We got a finger in our chest from the rising sea level. And a sharp poke in the ribs from recent wildfires in Alaska. Then dying coral reefs and eroding coastlines pushed us. Hard. The drowned polar bears? That was a shove. Melting permafrost? That was a slap. Rising ocean temperatures and extreme weather? An uppercut. Then record-breaking heat waves hit us right where it hurts. Has it occurred to anyone that maybe the Earth is trying to get our attention? We can still reduce greenhouse gas pollution before it's too late. To find out how, go to fightglobalwarming.com. Brought to you by Environmental Defense, the Robertson Foundation, and the Ad Council. You are listening to Your Community Spirit, the show about caring, sharing, and preparing for the changes needed in the world as we know it. This is Ord Energymon. And this is Tree Song. And we're here to bring you a half hour of Enviro Social Talk. Starting with a few little happenings. First of all, I want to read this little short tidbit from The Nightlife. Sad days for a treasure of little Egypt. Nightlife has learned that an alcohol consumption will be banned at the Christianberry Dam, popularly known as the Lake Kincaid Spillway. Though delays or glitches in implementing the policy might push back the official announcements, details are expected to come out. Ultimately, arguing with the decision to ban liquor at the spillway has been increasingly difficult. The extremely popular swimming and sunbathing destination, with its unbelievably gorgeous waterfall, has long served as one of the region's few outdoor zones where adults could escape stifling family value structures and be adults. Unfortunately, too often those adults behave like children. The quasi-natural, Kincaid is actually man-made, beauty of the area was routinely marred with piles of garbage, including the broken bottles that made swimming barefoot at the spillway a serious safety hazard. Risky, to say nothing of boorish behavior associated with overindulgence, were rendered even more dangerous by the spillway's sheer cliffs and deep water. If you want to read the whole thing, go to The Nightlife. Now, the alcohol ban will only cover the spillway, not the rest of the uh, Lake Kincaid. The spillway's impending alcohol policy is merely another in a series at similar places like Giant City, where irresponsible behavior resulted in the loss of alcohol consumption privileges. Um, And I don't know if you're aware of this, but a few people have drowned it there. Sometimes it wasn't alcohol-related, but I know one person that was completely alcohol-related. So, all right, 
In other happenings, cyclists who would like to help raise money for the Boys and Girls Club of Carbondale while taking a vigorous gander at the Southern Illinois beauty can participate in this beautiful Southern Ride Saturday, May 19th, starting at 7 a.m. at Carbondale Middle School. Three rides to take place, a 15-mile, a 30-mile, and a 100-mile kilometer, which, just in case you didn't know, is about 62 miles. All depart from the middle school. For more information, you can contact Dan at 529-3307 or beautifulsouthernride at gmail.com. Or else, just show up on Saturday at 7 a.m. at the Carbondale Middle School and bike beautiful Southern Illinois. Mm-hmm. Yeah, sounds like fun. It's also my birthday. Saturday is my birthday. <laughs> Don't tell everybody. They might send you presents. <laughs> oh, no. Oh, you could, you could, instead of sending presents, you can send more donations to WDBX. There you go. Because they always need more pledges. <laughs> yeah, I mean, the, the station needs money because, well... It keeps yahoos like us on the air. Yeah, and it makes me happy to see DBX doing well. Yeah. So let's see. In, in other happenings, this one's a part of a series of happenings. The Illinois Green Party wants to help empower you to fight back against soaring energy costs. A rate freeze is a good first step, but we need a broader strategy to help bring energy costs down. While producing cleaner energy and using it more efficiently to help combat global warming. And the happening, there's been a series of these, but the next one is coming up on Tuesday, May 22nd. That's next Tuesday at 7 p.m. It will be Mark Stallins, Executive Vice President of the Egyptian Electric Cooperative Association, offers perspective on how electric cooperatives work and the challenges that they face. Then coming up later, we'll probably announce this one again next week, coming up on Wednesday, June 6th at 7 p.m., you can join Carbondale architect Brad Klein for a presentation on how green architecture and building codes can help improve efficiency and lower costs. For more information on these happenings, you can contact E.G. Hughes at 549-1409. So all about bringing power to the people. From the front page of the Southern Illinois in today, Ameren estimates power rates for the summer. Ameren officials estimated Thursday that some homeowners' power bills could be about $40 more expensive than last year when air conditioners start running this summer. Estimates were based on homeowners using 1,500 kilowatt hours a month, but of course individual use will vary significantly based on how hard they work their air conditioners or other appliances. So if you want to read the detailed article, um, please pick up the Southern Illinois. So... Any Let's other see. happenings? Any other happenings? I don't think so. It's like, if you would like your happenings to make it onto this show, because this is your community spirit. Yes, and you're what makes this a happening show. Yeah. Um, we just kind of, like, pass on your information. Yes. So thank you for everybody. Yeah, thank you for everybody who sends in information to us. Yes. Um, sometimes I don't want to thank them because they send in way too much information. <laughs> but thank you anyway. Yes, it's better to send too much than not enough, because we can always just read what we can get to you. All right, let's get to some news. Or sh- let me let me throw a little bit of music there on real quick. Let's see. <laughs> it's like 
creepy crawly music. <laughs> We're going to have to get like a sound that we play right before we do music. Yeah. That's a pretty good one. That was. Mm-hmm. Naval gazing. Five environmental groups sue the Navy over sonar use off of Hawaii. Tensions over the U.S. Navy's use of sonar and anti-submarine exercises off Hawaii have resurfaced, and five green groups are suing to change the practice. Citing concerns that sonar can kill and injure whales, dolphins, and other marine mammals, the lawsuit names both the Navy and the National Marine Fisheries Service, which issues permits for the activities. It asks the court to stop the exercise, 12 of which are planned through 2008, until an environmental impact study is completed and protective measures are enacted. I wonder what protective measures are. Put a big net to keep the whales away from... I don't know. How can Hmm. you put protective measures for whales? Yeah, that's a good question. You could just... Send, Send them an email. email. <laughs> <laughs> you were thinking too. Yes. <laughs> okay. The Navy maintains that it has gone to, quote, great lengths to be wickedly careful, keeping an eye out for whales from on deck and from airplanes, and turning off sonar when the creatures get too close. But activists say some such practices have been used, but now have been abandoned and claim the Navy is violating environmental laws. Quote, The Navy is not above the law, says Marty Townsend of Kania, a Hawaiian environmental coalition. Protecting the country includes following its laws, not skirting them. Straight to the source, Honolulu Star Bulletin, the Honolulu Advertisers, The Guardian, Associated Press, the 17th of May, 2007. In the Navy. Every time we've got a story about the Navy, I want to sing in the Navy. (laughs) (laughs) Let's see, in other news, in 1872, Ulysses made the Greenies blue. Legislation introduced to overhaul ancient mining law. Not not literally ancient, but very old mining law. In 1872, President Ulysses S. Grant signed a mining regulation law, and while resource extraction has changed significantly since then, the rules haven't. Now, Representative Nick Rahal is seeking to revamp what he calls, quote, the Jurassic Park of all federal laws, introducing a proposal that would require land reclamation plans, make some public lands off-limits to mining, and impose an 8% royalty on minerals. The revenue from the tax, similar to what oil, natural gas, and coal companies already pay, would go to clean up highly toxic abandoned mines in the West. The expected annual $100 million intake might barely make a dent. The Interior Department estimates cleanup may be a $32 billion job. The 1872 law, which does nothing to protect groundwater or force post-extraction cleanup, has led to a, quote, staggering legacy of poisoned streams, abandoned waste dumps, and maimed landscapes, says Rahal, whose toughest opponent might be Senate Majority Leader, and a minor's son, Harry Reid of Gold Happy, Nevada. Straight to the source, Christian Science Monitor, 16th of May, 2007. Now there's room for a live Earth contest. Contest. Concert. Concert. <laughs> Scientists find snowmelt, a new species in Antarctica. It's been a bad news, good news kind of week for Antarctica. 
Scientists from NASA and the University of Colorado revealed that a California-sized expanse of snow melted there during a warm spell in 2005, further inland and at higher elevations than expected. The team was cautious about drawing climate conclusions, but said the find was a big deal because melted snow can act as a lubricant, helping nearby ice sheets slide into the sea. Increases in snowmelt such as this definitely could have an impact on larger scale melting of Antarctica's ice sheets if they were severe or sustained over time, said Conrad Steffen of the University of Colorado. Quote, large reasons of showing large regions are showing that the first signs of warming, end quote. Another research team reported in Nature that they'd found more than seven hundred new marine species around the continent during three expeditions between 2002 and 2005. The finds include 81 worm species and 17 spun species in an area that, said one scientist, quote, was once thought to be a featureless abyss. Straight to the source, New York Times, BBC News, the 16th of May, 2007. That's a lot of worm species, 81 worm species. Not just 81 individual worms, but <laughs> 81 whole species. Well, I don't know. I don't know if I want to be the person that distinguishes between the species. <laughs> yeah. It's like... <laughs> Maybe they could uh, take them over to the vermiculture on the SIU campus. have 81 different species, and they're digesting things. Well, that would work pr- pretty good. Yeah, I mean, if it had a balance, yeah. Yeah. Maybe there's something that one of those worms eats that the others won't. <laughs> anyway, in other news, not on my botch. Uh, not on my watch. <laughs> Katrina refugees say FEMA trailers are making them sick. As states in the southeastern U.S. brace for this year's hurricane season, new Federal Emergency Management Agency head David Paulison has a promise. Quote, you won't see what happened with Katrina happen again in this country. Paulson assured a crowd of emergency responders in Florida that the new FEMA is on its toes which is good news because the old FEMA is still housing 86,000 families in temporary trailers throughout the Gulf region. And those trailers, say residents and observers, are giving off toxic fumes that are making people sick. According to the Sierra Club, CBS News, and other sources, levels of formaldehyde released from particle board in floors and cabinets are well above the federal limit in some trailers. One pediatrician says... He's seen dozens of trailer-dwelling residents with coughs, nosebleeds, burning eyes, and sinus infections. Poppycocks, say the feds, whose response is summed up by the touchy-feely Paulison. Quote, we've told people they can air those trailers out. <laughs> Straight to the source, the Gainesville Sun, Associated Press, 17th of May, 2007. And now, for some scary news. Or are you just happy to sue me? U.S. prosecutors compare echo terrorists to the KKK. In its unyielding quest to root out terror at its terrory roots, the U.S. government is battling to have 10 echo activists sentenced as terrorists. At a hearing in Eugene, Oregon, attorneys argued that the 10 members of the loosely grouped Earth Liberation Front and the Animal Liberation Front deserved the label, which could not only net them longer sentences and scarier prisons, but also redefine how other forms of activism are 
persecuted. U.S. attorneys compared to the 10 who have pled guilty to arson and conspiracy in connection with 20 fires from 1996 to 2001, including a mega blaze at a Vail ski resort, to the Ku Klux Klan. The defense objected, pointing out that the Ku Klux Klan killed people. On purpose. The U.S. Attorney's response? The fires are, quote, a classic case of terrorism, because the groups are trying to coerce the feds into changing their policy, and it was pure luck that no one was killed or injured. Did we mention no one was killed or injured? A ruling is expected next week. Straight to the source, The Guardian, Associated Press, The San Francisco Chronicle, Associated Press, the 15th and 16th of May. All right, this is my commentary. This is not the view of the station or anyone else. (laughs) But I think the most dangerous terrorists are the ones in the White House, (laughs) not the ones that are doing ecological activism. Anyway, (laughs) in other news, smells like progress. As climate summit continues, fed up mayors unveil actual plans. They cover 1% of the Earth's surface, but the world's cities spew 80% of greenhouse gas emissions and one and 180% of climate action plans. (laughs) 180%. (laughs) Where national governments can't or won't lead, cities will, said Toronto Mayor David Miller at the C40 Large Cities Climate Summit in New York City. This week, Miller unveiled an online social networking carbon calculator called the Zero Footprint Toronto that that will, he says, quote, help make my city not only one of the greenest on the planet, but one of the most innovative as well. He's not alone. Los Angeles Mayor Antonio Villaraigosa plans to green his notoriously smoggy city, pledging to cut carbon 35% below 1990 levels by 2030. And 16 world cities will eco-renovate city-owned skyscrapers under, uh, under $1 billion dollars uh, partner, under a $1 billion partnership led by former President Clinton's Climate E initiative. The award for most diplomatic slam goes to the New York mayor, Michael Bloomberg, who noted that the federal government in the U.S. and elsewhere, quote, seems to be tied up. Straight to the source, CBS News, Associated Press, uh, 15th of May, 2007. So today's tip First there was Apple Day, then there was Potato Day, and now it's nettles. This week the much maligned, stigging, and boring-looking nettle gets its day of glory. On May 26, May 27th, excuse me, on May 27th, Nettle Day is being celebrated, where one can lunch on nettle and chestnut rosetta or nettle pasta, as well as playing some nettle-themed games such as nettle safaris. We wear long sleeves, please. <laughs> we have missed the taste of the wild walk where we could have learned about food foraging and picked our own. Did you know that 40 species of insect, including colorful butterflies, nestle in the nettle? I can't believe I was able to say that. Nestle in the nettle. The stinging hairs of the nettle developed as a defense against grazing animals. So effective are they that few grazers will actually touch touch them, making them a safe haven for insects. Nutritionally, 
Nettle is an excellent source of calcium, magnesium, and iron. Have you ever thought of eating nettles? <laughs> yes, nettles are interesting. They've got a lot of uses. Yeah. <laughs> it's like my, my, my mom picks wild greens pretty regularly, and nettles is one of them. Yeah. And they are intense. <laughs> like, I mean, you think spinach is packed, like fresh spinach is packed with nutrients? Try nettles. That'll give you a, a punch of nutrients that make you be a Popeye. <laughs> yes. <laughs> so. So let's see. In other news, oh, I'll read this hummingbird one because I like hummingbirds. So that's why their little hearts beat so fast. Why is that? A uh, new hummingbird species discovered imperiled by cocaine trade. It's hard out here for a gorgated puff leg. It's hard out here <laughs> for a gorgated puff leg. Yes. It's not easy being a gorgated puff leg. <laughs> the hummingbird species with the fabulous name was just discovered in southwestern Columbia, where farmers slash and burn 1,235 acres of cloud forest habitat every year in order to grow coca, the raw ingredient in cocaine. That's bad news for a species that bird conservation expert Andrew Weller calls, quote, the most spectacular discovery of a new hummingbird taxon during the last decade or more. Ornithologists are urging the Colombian government to create a 494,000-acre nature preserve for the safety of puff legs, so named for the cotton-ball-like plumage above their legs. Ah, how cute. Says Ian Davidson of, a bird life, of Bird Life International, quote, To go undiscovered for so long... The bird's range must be extremely small and fragile. Hence, conservation action is undoubtedly a priority. And if forest preservation helps out other feather folk, all the better. Columbia houses more than 1,800 bird species, the largest variety in the world. Straight to the source, San Francisco Chronicle, Associated Press, uh, 15th of May, 2007. Well, here's a little tidbit. This is just a little scuttlebutt, a little secretness. Mm. Honda to introduce an entry-level hybrid in 2009. Now, the word on the street is that Honda will be releasing an affordable entry-level four-door sedan hybrid in 2009. It will be cheaper than the current Civic hybrid, and Honda is planning on selling a whole lot of them. Probably about 200000 per year for starters, 100000 of those in the U.S., According to Green Car Congress, those, these ambitions will be fed by new Japanese facilities to be completed in 2008 that will allow the company to quadruple its current output of electric motors. Autoblog cites an automotive news article in which Ken Kitar, managing director of Honda UK, says that a new sporty two-door hybrid is on its way and will be modeled after the Reflex a proof-of-concept that showed in, up in Las Vegas in, Nova in November. Apparently, the styling of the remix will also influence the design of the affordable four-door coming in 2009. Word is also still pending about the rumor Fit Hybrid, and there is also talk of a Honda Ridgeline with a dual powertrain. Now, I got all this information from autoblog.com, so I don't know how accurate it all is, but... Anytime they're going to completely retrofit factories to do more 
hybrids. I'm like, woo, woo. Yeah. <laughs> and that reminds me, it isn't new news, but new uh, video. There's a new video online of the Tesla Roadster. And I don't have the address handy because I didn't think to bring it down. But uh, if you want to see the new Tesla Roadster video, <laughs> contact me. Because I like electric vehicles and yeah, I'm just, always happy. Yeah, don't just do the hybrid. Go straight electric. Yeah. Yep. So. <laughs> so let's see. In other news... Uh, trade in the shade. Bush allows Democrats to attach eco-protections to trade agreements. If the decider isn't careful, he's going to become the compromiser. Last week, President Bush and congressional Democrats worked out a deal that will attach environmental and labor protection to trade accords in the works with Colombia, Panama, Peru, and South Korea. The compromise will require U.S. trading partners to comply with international environmental agreements and enforce their own existing green laws. No doubt following the shining lead of the U.S. (laughs) Ah, the U.S. Administration officials hope the agreement will have a ripple effect, allowing future trade bills to sneak through even a Democrat-controlled Congress. House Speaker Nancy Pelosi was also positive, saying, "...where it comes down to labor standards and environment... This is enormous progress. Some critics disagree, however, saying the standards don't go nearly far enough. Specifically, they point to potential loopholes for non-eco mucking around by foreign gas and oil investors. But hey, when has that ever been a problem? Straight to the source, Financial Times, The Wall Street Journal, The New York Times, all this week of May 2007. Well, help lower electric bills and reduce global warming. The only way to ultimately get our energy bills down is to use the laws of supply and demand. You can pass a rate freeze, but ultimately the rates will spring back up. The long-term answer is to get rates down by decreasing the demand for energy and increasing the supply. Now, the ACES Energy Bill, which is the Senate Bill 1184, does just that. It is vitally important to start now to take steps to reduce global warming, and this bill is a great first step for the state of Illinois. This is a message we need to get across to our Illinois state representatives, and we need your help to do this. Now, ACES stands for Affordable and Clean Energy Standards. Other reasons to pass this bill are that Illinois spends $22 billion on imported fossil fuels, and that Illinois' power plants cause early deaths and many asthma attacks because of air pollution. Now, the, the SB 1184 just passed the Illinois State Senate anonymously. There are two parts to the ACES bill. There's part one, energy efficiency, which will make it, make it possible for everybody to use less energy by buying equipment that, well, uses less energy. Part two is the Renewable Portfolio Standards, which requires energy electric utilities to buy or build renewable energy as a percentage of their overall mix. The standards would require 5% by the end of 2010. The benefits of this renewable energy standard include um, less pollution, create thousands of new jobs, spur economic growth, and of course, keep gas prices down by lowering demand for gas and oil. 
Again, this ACES SB 1184 passed out of the Senate anonymously last week. So we have good momentum going into the House. We need your help to get this through the House before the session ends May 31st. The bill's name stays the same, so please refer to it as SB 1184. And what you can do? Well, you can ask our state representatives to co-sponsor SB 1184. Our representative Mike Boss can be reached at 618-457-5787 or representative John Bradley can be reached at 618-997-9697 and just ask them to support SB 1184 which has energy efficiency and renewable energy in it. Yes, energy efficiency and renewable sounds good to me. Will do. If you would like any of this information that has been announced on this radio show, um, I can email you all the information. My email is tech, T-E-C-H, at aessolar.com. Yes, and even if you're a whale, we can email it to you. <laughs> yeah. But my email is treesong at treesong.org. Yeah, if you want your happenings to make it on this show, you have to email it to us. Have a good day. It's cool but sunny my favorite type of weather yes beautiful out i think i'm going to take a tour of nature and the wineries this weekend yes have a good weekend